Welcome to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. It's here that we will deep dive into the many different aspects of the mind, body, and spirit, all with the intention that you walk away with steps and a resolve to live better. You ready? Let's get mindful. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. It has been a minute and oh my gosh, you guys, the shame. I think the last time I shared a podcast, I was like, I'm going full force on this thing. I am committed. I am here. You guys are going to hear from me more often. And then it was that week that I found out that I am pregnant. I am expecting you guys, baby number four. It's a girl. We're so excited. But I have been so sick. And yeah, I didn't make this the priority that I planned on. And I have no excuses because I honestly could have. I could totally record a podcast sick, but I didn't. And so I didn't, but I'm here now. I'm feeling a ton better and I felt so drawn to be back here. I want to be here. I'm excited about this. I had some inspiration come to me that I needed to make this a bigger priority in my life and just spend more time here and spend more time writing my thoughts and and articulating myself in this way. And after I received that inspiration, so many of you guys randomly reached out to me. Was it random? Probably not, but randomly reached out to me and politely told me to get my booty back in here. And uh, I'm so grateful because it was the confirmation I needed. I got friends messaging me on TikTok telling me like, what the heck? Where's your podcast? Why haven't you been there? My sister's elementary school teachers that she works with messaging me. I've had girls I spoke at retreats from like five years ago messaging me saying, hey, I listen to your podcast. You need to keep recording. And so I'm here and I'm excited. So thank you for being the confirmation I needed. Let's dive into today's topic. Before we do, I want to give you a little warning. If the sound is a little funky today, I don't have my microphone. And so bear with me today, but it should be better next week. You won't have to bear with this forever. So let's dive into today's topic. I want to ask you guys if you've ever experienced something like this before and tell you a little story from my own life where I experienced something like this. So have you ever believed something so strongly and you maybe even argued for it or fought for it and you like passionate about it? I believe I'm right about this. And then like you hit up Google or whatever and you're like, oh crap. And you were wrong. It wasn't even true. I have had this experience multiple times and it is not my favorite thing. It is like the worst. You're like, dang it, you know, but it's normal and it's natural. So I have to tell you guys a story. I love to argue with my brother-in-law, one of them. We both just love to like challenge each other sometimes. One day we were arguing about how you pronounce, (laughs) I can't say it correct, tarantula? I, I was so sure that it is pronounced triantula. I always have said like, oh, there's a triantula. (laughs) Apparently that is not true. But I I argued him for like a good 10 minutes straight. I'm like, it's flipping triantula. He's like, it's tarantula. I'm like, it's triantula. Anyways, we were like going back and forth. We were both like proving our argument with like evidence. We're both like submitting our side of the deal. You know, I'm like, I think it's triantula because blah, 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 blah. And he's like, it's tarantula because blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I was like, you're wrong. You're wrong. And you guys are probably like, Megan, that is not right. I believed I was right though. And eventually we Google it. We have Google pronounce it. And of course it's not right. I'm saying it totally wrong. I think it's tarantula. I don't know. Anyways, I don't know how to, I still don't know how to pronounce it, but 
with that being said, I was like, what? Because I just thought I was so right. Have you guys ever experienced something like that before? If you have, just know you are very, very normal. Your brain works like this. You are offered thoughts all day. You have thoughts, fleeting thoughts, in and out of your brain all day. And once you attach to a thought, once you decide, I'm not keep this one, right? Once you make that conscious choice to keep a thought and decide to, to hold a thought, your brain is like a really excellent propaganda machine and it just keeps repeating things until we believe it. It offers you evidence and more evidence and more evidence until it is a solid belief. And I think there's a lot of really good reasons for this. I can see from my perspective, I can see why God created us like this. I think it's actually a really, really useful thing that is designed into us, but it can kind of get in trouble. Like all good things, like gifts become overused and then they become weaknesses, right? The idea is that we want to be really careful, one, about what thoughts we attach to because a lot of times we attach to thoughts and we're like, but it's true, but it's true. But really, how true is it? Is your brain just feeding you propaganda to solidify that belief and that thought? Or is it actually something that you want to continue to believe? Is it something that you care to believe So many of us think that our thoughts are facts, and that's the whole topic for today is that your thoughts aren't facts. Sometimes they are. There's absolute truths, right? Sometimes they are, but I'm going to say 99% of the times your thoughts aren't facts. So I have some questions that I want to invite you to consider, okay? Consider these questions. If you have had a thought and it's causing you pain or suffering, it's not serving you, right? I want you to, one, ask the question. The first question I want you to ask is, is this true? This is one of my favorite questions. Is this even true? And then I want you to take it a step further and say, is this, but is this absolutely true? Is this thought absolutely true? So I'm going to give you guys a little example of what this, this exercise could look like. Let's say I'm like, I'm a loser. (laughs) Let's say that's the thought. Or I'm bored. Or my life is so boring. Okay, you know what? This is a good one for me right now. My life is so boring. That's a thought that sometimes brews in my brain. Is that true? Is my life so boring? Well, it depends who you ask, right? To one person, they might be like, your life is so boring. You don't travel around the world every day and you don't you're not the bucket list family. And then to another person, they're like, are you kidding me? You guys are doing so much. You homeschool. You guys are always hiking. You're pregnant. Your husband's running a business. Like you're not, your life isn't boring. It seems actually very exciting. You have a lot going on. And so the first thing is like, is it true? And I I can even start to argue that right now that my life is actually maybe not as, as boring as my brain likes to believe. The second question is, is it absolutely true? And this one I can answer with 100% no. It's not absolutely true. It completely is an opinion. It depends on who you ask. The question that I want to follow that is, how long has this thought been brewing? This, This question really serves me. It's like a lot of times we're like, no, but this is so true. We've literally had this thought for like three minutes. And we're like, but it's so true. And we just like, we attach to it like so strongly. So how long have I been thinking this? Is that maybe playing into why I'm feeling the way I am about this thought? The next question is, 
do I want to continue to focus on this thought? So the thought, my life is so boring. How does that make me feel? It takes me from feeling bored to a worse negative emotion. I will link on the email that goes with this. So if you're not subscribed to my email, go get on my website. It's gettingmindfulwithmegan.com. Subscribe to the email and then you'll get an email that goes with this podcast. And in that email, it will have a picture of the emotional vibrancy scale. And boredom is actually, it's not way, way low. But when I think that thought of like, ugh, my life is so boring, it actually takes me into a worse thinking pattern, right? Like it takes me from bored to like almost disappointed or like depressed or like down because it's like, it's just not even, it's not that I'm just feeling bored. Now it's like something's wrong with my life because it's so boring. And that makes me feel really discouraged or frustrated, even stuck, right? Those are the kind of emotions. And so for me, like I I see that and I can say, you know what, this is, this is truly the practice of mindfulness is I can say that thought is not serving me. That is not one I want to continue to focus on. And is it even true? Maybe in some ways, but in other ways, it's completely untrue. So I think I need to detach from this thought and maybe try to find, and sometimes it's just detached from the thought and let it all go. Another time it's detached from this thought and find a different thought that I'd rather attach to, I'd rather hold on to. One of my favorite quotes ever is from Sweet Buddha who said, let go or be dragged. I think one of the most difficult and soul-suffering experiences that we have is that we, as humans, we want to attach to anything. I think it makes us feel grounded. So we attach to these thoughts to feel secure and grounded here on earth. But it's that attachment that's actually creating our suffering. One of my, my favorite quotes is, strong convictions loosely held. It's like fluid, fluidity. We want fluidity in our thoughts. We want to be able to decide which ones we really want to attach to. Let the other ones be really fluid. That's been really useful for me. So do I want to focus on this thought? Well, when I really think logically about it, I'm like, not really. This thought is causing me suffering. What would I rather believe instead? What would help me more? What would make me feel excited rather than discouraged and despair and bored? What would make me feel excited about my life? What would make me feel invigorated and motivated to go do something exciting and fun? And I want to find a thought like that that's going to actually create the results that I want. Now, I know that in this case, this feels like an easy thought to kind of maneuver, right? Like you guys could all hear me and you're probably like, yeah, but that one is in effect. That's a silly thought, right? But some of you are dealing with like chronic pain or you're dealing with difficult relationships. You're dealing with hard things and these thoughts feel like facts. So for a second, I want to talk about pain, okay? Because pain is very, very interesting. I've been learning a lot about it because this pregnancy have had a lot of migraines And if you've ever had like a real hardcore migraine, you know, they're pretty terrible. I think I've had like 20 or something crazy like that. So it's been pretty tough. Um, I'm not going to lie. Those migraines, they, they knock me out. They're like the type that make me throw up and I even blacked out with one of them. 
Like they're just, they're really rough and they're painful. And I've learned a lot though, as I have gone through migraine after migraine after migraine. And this is what I've learned about pain and what I've researched (laughs) about pain. Pain is perceptive, which means the way we think about our pain actually elevates it or de-escalates it more than pretty much anything else. Resistance to pain makes it way worse. And you guys, if you're in chronic pain, if you're dealing with chronic pain, if you're like me and you're having migraines and they suck, right? I I don't want to downplay that. Like it's a really difficult situation. It's a really hard time to do thought work. I'm not going to I'm not going to act like it's not. But it's an important time to do thought work. It's an important time to look at your thoughts in those moments because it's in those moments that you have the power to change how you're experiencing that pain. So what would happen is I would get these migraines and and for about like 8 days I had a couple like one or two every single day and it was really rough and what i noticed is the more i told myself like this is so bad this hurts so bad and the more i told myself like i i can't i can't keep doing this the more i told myself like this shouldn't be happening the worse that it would get the worse my pain would would get and the more stressed i would feel which would intensify my headaches so it was funny it was like it was, it was the law of harvest is true. You can't plant thoughts of like, this hurts so bad. My life is so hard because I'm in pain and expect to get the results, the plant. You can't plant zucchini and get tomatoes, right? You can't plant those thoughts and then get no pain. We have to plant the thoughts that create the results we want. And I'm not going to tell you that these thoughts that I tell you are going to take away your pain because for me, like a lot of times it didn't, right? It didn't take away my pain, but it took the edge off my pain. It took it from clean pain, which is like welcome to earth, pain and suffering, like pain is part of it. It took it from that. And then when I think those those thoughts, like I can't do this, it's so hard, that would make it into dirty pain. It would add additional suffering on top of it. So for me, when I finally realized like I I'm going to have to deal with like, I'm pregnant. I have hormonal migraines. This is part of the ride. Welcome to earth. I'm not going to make it worse for myself by adding thoughts like, this is so hard. My life is so hard. Why doesn't everyone else have to go through this? Why am I going through this? Like adding those thoughts to it just made it 10 times worse. So I understand that there are thoughts that are really difficult to not see the truth in it. Like for instance, if you're thinking I'm so tired and you're actually tired, I get that that is true, but is it absolutely true? Is there part of you that has energy? Can you even create your own energy? These are the questions I want you asking yourself. Start pressing yourself. Start making arguments for the thoughts that you want to believe. That's going to serve you so much more. So I want to read you a little story about a girl who was doing a mindfulness practice and she had an aha, okay? So for years, she hated Christmas. She didn't know why. She just knew she wanted to avoid Christmas and would always ask her family not to make a big deal of it when she spent Christmas with them. She was on the course in the run-up to Christmas and was practicing noticing her thoughts. 
and emotional reactions and she saw Christmas decorations going up and she had the thought to herself, oh no, it's Christmas. I freaking hate Christmas. Then she started to examine this, right? Because she's she's doing mindfulness at the time. So she starts examining this and she was like, what is it? Like, why, what is it that is making me hate Christmas? Because she likes the decoration. She likes the food. She likes the presents. She likes having time with family. So why was it that she'd always have such a strong reaction or a dislike to Christmas and suddenly it hit her? Her boyfriend for a lot of years had abruptly like dumped her just before Christmas and she had not wanted to remember the pain that each year Christmas kind of like marked for her. It was like a reminder. It fed this story that she had deep underneath all of that, which was like, no one will want me. So she see Christmas decorations and it would trigger like, nobody loves me, right? And so it made her feel like she hated Christmas. It was an ill attempt to escape the pain, but remembering the event or feeling of the self-judgment of being unwanted, she had taken to avoiding Christmas, right? Which was actually something she enjoyed. So it's interesting because I think we do this a lot. We have these beliefs like, oh, I don't like this thing or, oh, this thing's the worst or, oh, I love this thing, right? We have these beliefs and we just think they're true. I just hate Christmas. But usually underneath that, there's layers and layers and layers of other things going on. And if we would examine our thoughts, we could see what's actually happening. Like for her, she has this thought of like, I'm unwanted. Is that in alignment with her highest self? Is that in alignment with God? No, 100% not. It's causing her suffering and pain. So we really want to be observers of our thoughts and do this work. I want to push you guys to do this work because as you do it, you're going to uncover things that are out of alignment that are causing you pain in a lot of different areas. They're triggering you in a lot of different areas. And you're going to be able to find so much more joy and peace and satisfaction in life. So I'm going to give you another example from my own life that's similar to this one with Christmas. So this year, I have had a really negative attitude, I'm going to be honest, about the heat. I live in a very, very hot climate. I mean, there were days this year where we were in the 120s this summer, and I have had a hard time with the heat this summer. And when I'm talking to my friends or my family, I'm just like, uh, and I have been complaining a lot about the heat. It's been hot. <laughs> and I keep saying, uh, I just hate the heat. Like, I'm just so sick of the heat. I'm ready for like some dreariness. Like, it's so flipping hot. And I, I kept rehearsing that story over and over again. And it's easy to rehearse that story here because I am definitely not the only one who feels this way. A lot of people agree with me. A lot of people look at me when I say that and they're like, yeah, the heat is terrible. Like everyone just kind of is negative about it, especially by the time August rolls around. We're done. We're feeling done. If you if you live in cold country, you know how it feels like the end of winter. You're just ready for some sun. That's how we feel. But we're like, bring some clouds. I have been rehearsing this story a lot, I had noticed. And then I decided to do some of this work on it. I was like, okay, like it's hot every day. And I'm thinking this every day for like four or five months. Like that's, that's not serving me. I live in a hot climate. Why would I choose to hate it? Right. And so I look underneath it. It's like, is it really the heat? Is it absolutely true that I hate the heat? And the answer is no, because in May, when the heat starts to come, 
I I kind of like the warmth on my skin. I like the first of summer when we get to go swimming at the river and when it's time to play in the water. I like to sit in the heat when I'm in the Bahamas. I like to sit in the heat when I'm in Mexico. I love to swim. I actually kind of like the heat. Another thing that made me realize that maybe I was off kelter a little bit here is that last summer, I didn't hate the heat nearly as much. This is this is worse this summer. So what's going on? I'd even say to people like, oh, it's just worse this summer. Is it really worse this summer? No, not really. We've had pretty much the same type of summer. It's been hot both summers. And so I had to look underneath it. Okay, it's not really about the heat, clearly, because last year was different and I actually do like the heat. In some ways, that thought is even true. So why am I so resistant to the heat, just like this girl was resistant to Christmas? And I realized that this summer I have been very uncomfortable. I have had nausea. I have been so tired. I have had migraines. I've I've been uncomfortable. I've been in a lot of discomfort with this pregnancy. And to me, the heat was a trigger. It's a reflection of more discomfort. So I'd walk outside, I'd feel that heat on my skin, and I would think, ugh, like, I hate the heat. But really, it's like, ugh, I'm uncomfortable. And what's underneath that? The thought, you guys, the funny thought, and of course, like Enneagram 7 here, it makes so much sense, right, is I shouldn't be uncomfortable. I shouldn't have to feel like this. I shouldn't have to be uncomfortable. Well, sweet Megan, you came to earth and discomfort is the currency for your dreams. You want that baby, you got to have some discomfort. If you want that goal, you're going to have to be uncomfortable. So what do you want to think about the discomfort? Do you want to hate it? Do you want to resist it? Do you want to think I shouldn't be feel, I shouldn't have to feel this. This isn't fair. I'm not doing this anymore. Or would it be better for me to think something along the lines of like, this discomfort gets this baby here. I, it is worth it. I am willing to be uncomfortable because it's going to be so fun to hold my baby. You know, I was able to tell myself in this experience, I was able to tell myself, Megan, you put yourself through hell every day at the gym on purpose. You make yourself uncomfortable on purpose every day when you go to the gym. You can do the discomfort of pregnancy. It's going to bring such a better result than just like fitness goals, right? I go to the gym and I and I enjoy the discomfort even. I like it. I like to see that I can do hard things. Why does this have to be any different? It's funny because yes, it's still hot and I'm still uncomfortable in the heat and I still have to really watch this thought. But since then I have relaxed about the heat. I keep thinking eh, it'll end when it ends. This too shall pass, you know? This is just a season. And yeah, I'm a little uncomfortable right now. Yeah, it'd be nice to go on walks, but but it'll come. And it's been so much better. I still feel a little bit of discomfort when I walk in the heat, but it's a clean pain, right? It's the clean pain of like, welcome to a world that has opposition in all things versus a dirty pain, which is like, I shouldn't be in this world that has opposition. No, you should because you chose it and you came to earth and this is going to be for your benefit and your growth. And so- for me, this work has been really fun is just to remember like your thoughts aren't facts and then to even be willing to look deeper into your thoughts. So I want you to consider for a minute, is there a thought that you've been thinking that's just really holding you up lately or one that's causing a lot of suffering? Even if there's truth to it, maybe practice some of these questions, considering these questions of like, is it true? Is it absolutely true? 
What would be better to focus on? Is there something else I would rather focus on? Is it serving me to keep this thought? And how long have I even been thinking it? Is it worth it to keep it? And then be relaxed. Like I literally like when I think of this, I think of like relaxing your shoulders, opening up your palms and just literally being like, I can let this one go. I don't have to hold on to this so tightly. It's not my God, right? Like what thoughts would better align with my highest self and loosen the grip? Strong convictions loosely held. So I think this is incredible news. I think this is positive. It means that we can change. It means that we can change what we're thinking and essentially change our stories that are causing us pain and suffering. Another funny story that recently happened to me, I like to share stories because sometimes I think it's just relatable for you guys and you guys can maybe take it and be like, oh crap, like I'm doing that same thing and then be able to to do your own work on your stuff. But in my story, I was um, frustrated with my husband and I was telling myself these stories about him like, oh, he's, I don't even remember exactly, but I was just like going off in my head about him. And, and then I had this thought, like your thoughts aren't facts. Is that even true? And I had a lot of evidence stacked up, right? I'm like, no, it is true that he is the worst ever because of this, this, and this. And then in that moment, I'm like, but is it absolutely true? Okay, is he the worst? No, he's not. He's actually really good in so many ways. Maybe he's not perfect at that, but he's really good at this. Or maybe I'm not even seeing how he is good in that other way. And so I had to take a little slice of humble pie and remind myself, like, maybe you're wrong here, Megan, and let it go. And the process of that brings peace. You can spin in your drama thoughts. You can spin in your crap thoughts. You can spin in thoughts that feel so true and make sense. And I get that. Or you can be willing to like own your humility and be willing to like release the ego, let go of the ego and just say, you know what? I might be wrong here. How could I see this differently? And I think as you do that and you start to uncover what's really going on underneath those thoughts, you're going to find some core beliefs that might be out of alignment with God. It might be out of alignment with your highest self. I know for me, I have like like the one that I shouldn't feel uncomfortable. Do you think Jesus thought that? No, probably not, right? Jesus was like, no, I definitely came here to feel uncomfortable. <laughs> There's going to be discomfort all along the way. In fact, I'm going to fast for 40 days to show myself I can do discomfort. I'm going to do all these things because I'm going to have to do one of the most uncomfortable things ever. So you guys, your thoughts aren't facts. Go do this practice. This is a mindfulness practice. It's a journal practice. Go do this. I want to invite you to write down all the thoughts that you feel like right now are not serving you. The ones that just come to your head the quickest. Maybe maybe write three to five thoughts. And then I want you to uncover them. That means I want you to ask, are these true? Is this absolutely true? Do I want to keep focusing on this? And what's really going on underneath this? Find those core beliefs. Be willing to shift your thinking and move forward with faith. Okay, you guys, thank you so much for being here. I will see you next week. Talk to you next time.